1: And we are live with the standing room Spartans podcast, your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host Scott Martin here on a Monday morning. We are live on a Monday morning, getting the freshest content to you An awesome Monday morning. Uh, Obviously, you know, we're all back to work, but after this weekend of Michigan state specifically and, and college football in general, man, it's, it's. We, we were literally just talking about this before we started, uh, before I pressed the record button, man, I don't know how people like the NFL more than college football. This is, this was one of the best weekends I can remember. And yes, I know Michigan won and that sucks, but what a weekend of college football, what a game for Michigan state and Michigan state fans, hell of a time to be alive, man. Scott, how are you?
0: Doing great. Uh, I was in State College. It was pretty quiet around there, uh, but got a little bit of trash talking when I could out around the town. Um, yeah, 10 wins. Um, I mean, we'll talk a little bit probably later this week about, you know, the season as a whole and how we got here and, you know, the the just the way that things unfolded. But uh, we're sitting here at 10 wins. And in this game specifically, I don't know how you felt before the game really unfortunately Folded completely different. It felt different than I expected. Obviously, the result, if you listen to our picks, was different than we expected. Uh, really just a, a great team win, wire to wire. Um, and, uh, yeah, excited to, to to start breaking it down.
1: Yeah, it's this game was so much fun. I, I was talking about, like, every five or ten minutes of real time throughout the entire game, I just kept thinking to myself and saying out loud, like, this is awesome. It was just like, it it brought you back to, you know, back in high school, when you got that good, fresh powder and and there was, you know, a good three, four inches of snow on the ground. And you would call up all of your friends, everybody on the football team. We'd head over to the stadium and just play seven on seven snow football. You put on the sweatpants, you put on a couple hoodies and you're playing full tackle. It was just, it was like that, man. It was so much fun. You couldn't see the yard markers. You could barely see Penn State's team. You, could, you couldn't You could really see the sideline. I would say like if, if you went to the bathroom for two minutes and came back, you wouldn't know if we were in the red zone, if we were backed up on our own 10-yard line. Like you couldn't see the midfield logo. You could barely read the Spartans in the end zone by the end of that game. It was so much fun. And like if we had games like this every week, yeah, it'd be kind of annoying because, like I said, you could barely see anything. But getting this once a year, once every two years or so, this this is awesome. This is why we love college football. This is why we love living in the Midwest and, and watching Big Ten football compared to, you know, when we flipped from Michigan State, Penn State. I, I flipped immediately to Auburn, Alabama, just because obviously the, the end of that game was nuts as well. And you saw like the green grass and, and everybody wearing short sleeves and it was such a, like uh, a retina, like sensor shock. I'm like, wait, what is this? Was it green grass? Like what? I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. That was so much fun and, and getting a snow game every couple years it was, it was a blast. It was just, it was such a fun viewing experience. And it looked like the players enjoyed it just as much. Um,
0: obviously having a win under your belt makes it a lot more fun too. But after the game, obviously a lot of clips of the guys playing in the snow, having snowball fights um, just looked like a happy team. And, and you mentioned it before we started recording here, just looked like a team, right? It didn't look like a bunch of dudes who had just finished a year playing together and they were about to go on their separate ways. They they looked like a team. A lot had been made of the transfers and the new guys and, you know, obviously the new coach and everything that we were trying to get to gel. And uh, and you could tell these guys were playing for each other. Everyone was talking about sending the seniors out the right way. Even guys who came in this year, you know, they wanted to get this one for their seniors. Everybody knows what this senior class has been through the last four five, six years. And uh, just an just an awesome, awesome win for the program and for the team.
1: Yeah, it was kind of looked at from the national media from from us even to a certain extent like as this kind of group of mercenaries that just came in uh through the transfer portal to play for one maybe two years together and you know a lot of these guys just arrived in the summer if not you know spring ball and yeah that it, it you had that feeling that these guys were really playing for each other with everything from the flu bug that was going through the team this week to the injuries and, and senior day, it, it really felt like these guys were playing for each other. They were celebrating together. They were playing together. It was, it was awesome. It it was just the, the culmination of one of the most enjoyable Michigan state seasons. I think since, I think since 2013, this was the most fun I've had as a Michigan state fan now, 2014, 2015, obviously, you know, dwarf this year in terms of success. Um, yeah, 2014, I guess, to a certain extent, we'll see what happens in bowl season, but it was with, with those teams, there was so much expectation. There was so much pressure that we put on the team that every time there was a close game, you were kind of thinking of the negative side of it. Right. And and I'm sure everybody who's out there listening right now knows what I'm talking about. When it was a close game, you're starting to think of what if we lose, then what, you know, what's, what's the result of this? What do we have to do to get back in the big 10? Does this team have to lose? Does this team have to beat this team this year? Every close game, it was just like, man, this is fun. Isn't it like, wow, what if we win this game? It, it just, everything was awesome. It, it was a fun season, and you know, as time goes on, we've talked about with with Mel Tucker and specifically with the contract and with how the second year's gone, like the expectations are coming, but this this year it was just the pressure's off. let's just have some fun as football fans, and you you kind of mentioned like you know he hates that term like house money, and obviously the team does, but as fans, we don't have to think that way. we can think about the house money fun season incredibly fun game. Uh, we'll, we'll break it all down here, but yeah, that's just, I think that's the core of, of the whole breakdown is that this game was just an enjoyable fan experience from top to bottom. And I'm really jealous of everybody who was there.
0: Yeah, that would have been fun. I mean, we had a couple weeks ago, I think a cold game and uh, a lot of folks were leaving early And the program got on the fans a little bit and it seemed to work. I mean, just from what you could tell on the telecast, it seemed loud. I mean, the student section certainly wasn't full, but it stayed pretty full uh, relative to what we've seen in games like this and the cold and the end of the season and Thanksgiving week. Um, You know, it sounded like the stadium was loud right till the end. Uh, Just looked like everybody in that place was having a blast. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited um, to see, obviously, where we go in the bowl game. We'll get into bowl predictions, um, like I said, later this week, and we'll talk a little bit about the scenarios at play there. But for now, um, we're all talking Penn State. And, Kevin, I think you probably have a, a little message for our, for our fans here.
1: I do. And uh, before we get to there, the picks this week is, is for all the marbles. So stay tuned. On Friday, we've had our picks contest going all year. And I took a one game lead here last week with the Minnesota win over Wisconsin, but we are doing every conference championship game. And, uh, with just a one game lead, a lot can still happen. And, uh, Scott and I might, might have to flip this one back and forth. We'll see. Uh, but as we're making those picks, we are using the best book in the business. DraftKings Sportsbook, is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And uh, they have a special promo for us this week here. New customers who bet just $1 on any NFL team to score a point can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If the sports book isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, draft, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN this week. Uh, bet just $1 on any NFL team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network. Of which we are a proud member. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum five dollar deposit. One dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try to break this down as as best we can. Uh, we were kind of joking off air, like go watching this game live and then even rewatching it to a certain extent. I was going back and you got to be laser focused here. I was, I drank like three cups of coffee and tried to, to dial into this one because you're, you have to remember where you are on the field. Are, are you in scoring position? Are you on your own side of the field? because you had no idea where these teams were on the field. You could barely see player numbers. So you're trying to see, Oh, like, Oh, that was a nice tackle or, or who got that penetration there to force the running back outside. You had to rewatch these plays like four times to try to get the player numbers and who's out there making plays, who's doing this, who's doing that. So like a lot of this, it's, it was really tough to to go back and, and try to figure out what happened, but we'll try our best. Scott, where where do you want to start from that side of it?
0: Well, I mean, I guess we'll start at the beginning of the game. First quarter in, uh, in this game, MSU came out kind of with their hair on fire, um, which is unexpected for the conditions. Uh, you know, you'd expect both teams to kind of try to figure out how to get their footing. But the commentators said it about 40 times that games like this give the offense the advantage because they know when they're going to try to cut and uh, they can kind of get their feet ready for that snow. Um, And you could see, you know, the first couple drives of this game, Penn state was having a lot of trouble figuring out how to make any plays in that snow. And um, yeah, it was kind of, like I said, unexpected. I think we came out and just started hammering it with Kenneth Walker as we typically do great to see him healthy. I was a little worried about an ankle on, you know, slick, uh, slick surface, but, but it worked out. And yeah, probably the hottest start we've seen against a big 10 opponent this season uh, to get us up to that 14 point lead. At first I was like, okay, are we just going to blow out Penn state at home? You know, is this going to be like a 55 to 17 game? Uh, obviously water found its level a bit as, as the game wore on, but the first quarter, Kevin, do you see anything that they really tried to uh, to hammer home, you know, to get this big lead early?
1: Peyton Thorne was money in the first, I mean, largely through the first half, uh, but certainly in that first quarter, it kind of reminded me of last year, the second quarter against Penn state, he was dialed in. I think he had three touchdown passes in the second quarter. Um, Thorne was lasered in early in this game. He was making big time throws he was firing darts. I mean, you, you kind of, as the game went on, it began, the weather just kept getting, I mean, it kept snowing more and more and stronger even as the game went on and early in this game, you know, there was, there were some comments when you know, Sean Clifford missed a couple bad throws and the commentators mentioned like, you know, Hey, in, in perfect weather, that's a throw. He makes nine out of 10 times. Um, Thorne, he was making the easy throws and he was nailing the difficult throws as well. He started this game 12 for 15. Uh, I wrote this down 12 for 15 with 168 yards and a touchdown about 11 yards per attempt. So in inclement weather, 11 yards per attempt dialed in barely missing anything. Um, He had that scramble uh, to the left. He found Trey Mosley in the back of the end zone on a beautiful throw. Um, The flea flicker, it was, you know, not, not the big play touchdown flea flicker we're used to, but he threw a missile into Jaden Reed for a first down on that play. I mean, Peyton Thorne was dialed in early. And again, as the game went on, he made some mistakes. The pick six obviously um, was key. And he had counter Hayward wide open on that play. I posted a clip on Twitter, but especially if we're talking early in this game, man, Peyton Thorne played probably his best quarter of football that I I can remember maybe going back to again, the second quarter of the Penn state game last year.
0: Yeah. And uh, you mentioned the pick six. He, I mean, he took, I guess, credit for that right after the game in the press conference, he said it was just an awful throw. Shouldn't have made it, you know, it wasn't like it slipped out of his hand or the defense did anything, you know, out of the ordinary in coverage, it was just him kind of trying to force the ball. And, uh, and obviously we saw the result. Got to wonder if the, the Penn state camouflage uh, came in handy there. And as the game wore on, you know, the players were, were noting that it was the conditions were getting harder and harder. You could tell the snow was getting harder. Obviously the surface was getting tougher. They're getting colder. Um, so we certainly tried to run the ball a bit more in the second half. And, uh, but yeah, Peyton Thorne, I mean, it was, it was the good Peyton Thorne, right? He has a little bit of a, of a, Jackal and Hyde kind of um, quarterback personality, where some games you'll get this Peyton Thorn, and some games you'll get the you know the one that really just can't see the defense, can't really get things rolling. And at least for the first half in this one, we got uh, the good version. And as, as good as he gets, he was hitting tight windows, and his receivers too were making some outstanding plays to to make him look good. There was obviously you know the Montori Foster one handed catch that looked great. You had Malik Carr taking one for 40 on a catch and run on third down. Um, And then some plays, obviously, later in the game that we'll get to. But um, yeah, Peyton Thorne, I mean, when he's on, he's on and and his receivers feed off of that and, and make plays to help him out too. So great to see him cap off the season. I was kind of wondering how he looked against Penn state, obviously a year ago to to finish the year he made his first career start. And in the first half, he looked great. And in the first quarter, when we were rolling, I had the thought to myself, okay, last year we came out on fire against Penn state too. We had a two score or more lead in the first half. I don't have the score in front of me, but it was big lead. And, uh, and we kind of let it slip away and, you know, it left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. We didn't have a bowl game last year. So that was the lasting memory of the season And uh, when Penn state started to creep back into this, you know, I had the concern, are we going to, are we going to do this again? Um, But we didn't, we obviously held on. And a lot of credit goes to Peyton Thorne and the way that he can keep his composure in, you know, a situation that's constantly changing like that.
1: Yeah. And it, it was just, you kind of mentioned too, they're like the conditions kept getting worse and worse and, and he, the, He was a lot more dialed in early and he made a lot more plays early, but just as the game went on, he kept, he kept fighting and maybe a little bit too much. Uh, we, we kind of talked about this and texting back and forth. Like he took some shots and, and I, I texted you because you've been on it all year that you wanted to see the, the coaching staff really use his legs more. And well, (laughs) they did, uh, he took that big shot early where, uh, you know, the guy was kind of wrapping him up around the hip and then another guy came in and cleaned him up over the top, uh, clean hit. I I I'm happy they didn't do any targeting nonsense or or anything like that, but yeah, he's got to learn to protect himself a little bit. Uh, but it was good to see him. I mean, just fighting and, you know, he kind of mentioned after the game, like, you know, Hey, Kenneth Walker, he was, he was hurting early in the week with the flu. And and I think he kind of knew going into this one, like I got a bunch of guys around me who, who are injured, who are sick, who, whatever the case may be, I got to do whatever I got to do to, to, you know, keep this thing afloat. And if that was running for a first down on third and six and and taking a shot, well, I got to do what I got to do. So this, this was a great performance by Peyton Thorne all around, whether it was the throws he was making, the plays he was making, or the, the kind of leadership he showed to, to take a shot and to take a hit and then get right back up and, and, and make a play the next time around. So I I love that out of his game again, would like to see him protect himself a little bit more next time, but uh, I I did love to see that kind of attitude and competitiveness.
0: Yeah. And worth noting, uh, he was sacked zero times in this game so credit to the offensive line obviously for that as well but there were a couple instances that the pocket broke down uh specifically that Trey Mosley touchdown the second touchdown of the game he you know he flushed out of a bad pocket he rolled out to his left and and made a great throw to the back of the end zone there were a few plays like that a couple of those runs were in similar situations um he had a great pocket feel and uh no sacks for Penn State no negative yardage Um, In the passing game. So um, yeah, great, great performance. Great to see him running. I agree. He's got to figure out how to slide, especially in the snow. Just have fun with it. Go down for a slide. It was a clean hit. Like you said, there was a lot of folks on Twitter and elsewhere, you know, barking for a targeting. Listen, he was a runner. He got a shoulder to the face for better or for worse. That's not a penalty in today's football And, uh, and, and the defender, you know, our defenders would have done the exact same thing in that situation. He's just got to get down and, uh, and learn how to, uh, to avoid those hits. And that wasn't the only hit he took either. He took a couple shots to the body that were harder than you'd like your quarterback to be taken, but credit to him. He popped back up every time and and continued to make some plays. Yeah.
1: And, and elsewhere on offense, a couple other guys, uh, Connor Hayward shout out, man. He had an awesome game. Uh, he had a couple big plays. There was the fourth, uh, there was fourth and six, fourth and seven, and they ran a little like tight end tunnel screen to Connor Hayward, fourth and six in the red zone, and uh he made a really nice play, gained 19 out of it, slipped a tackle, was bumbling and stumbling his way down the field. He had a couple more catches in the game. I think he finished with four catches, a couple on third downs, uh, one on fourth down but his work blocking was outstanding. There were probably five or six times where he almost single-handedly cleared a hole open the the key one, I I posted this one on Twitter was where we were backed up on our own one yard line and Kenneth Walker ripped off like a 30 yard run. Connor Hayward was the reason that that play didn't get stopped at the line of scrimmage. He blew Jaquan Brisker out of that hole and cleared that thing wide open. If I like, I was, I was kind of thinking about this. If I told you in June that, you know, coming off of this Penn state game, Connor Hayward would be, and not even have, you know, four catches, 60 yards, really good game uh, statistically. And I said, man, Michigan state fans are going to miss the hell out of this guy. They're going to be really sad that he's gone all of Michigan state on social media on twitter and facebook will say man we this this guy was just awesome for us and and we're really sad to see him go and we're really wishing him the best in his nfl future what would you have said i mean like he he has had the most interesting story of any michigan state player i can remember
0: yeah he was uh Pull your hair out, kind of running back. You know, he would get the ball, slam into the line, get his ankles wrapped up, and fall over pretty regularly. Um, and it was frustrating. You know, MSU fans, for better or for worse, we like to, kind of, and every fan base does this: pick the guy who you like to blame things on, right? Even if it's not all their fault. On the basketball side, it's been Foster, Lawyer, or Thomas Kithier, or guys like that, where. Maybe their upside potential isn't very high. And as soon as they make a bad play, you know, you start asking why is he on the field people start to pile on. Connor Hayward was that guy for a couple of years in this football program where things weren't doing too well on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, he, nobody was running very well, uh, including Connor Hayward. Um, and, and people loved to to kind of hate on him for a while. And, you know, he found his niche and, you the NFL still seems like a lofty goal for, for someone of his stature, not even six feet tall. Um, but the fact that we're having this conversation, I mean, those players, they they hear and they feel the same things that we see on social media. Um, as much as they may try to insulate themselves or the team may try to insulate them from that noise, they hear it. And it takes, you know, it takes a strong guy between the ears to to shut that out, continue hustling and and carve out. Uh, a positive niche in a program like this. And that's exactly what he did. So I think more than a lot of players um, we owe him a debt of gratitude. I mean, like you said, he's made plays in this game. He made plays throughout the season that I don't think the season would have been the same without him. He was our best blocking tight end the whole year playing a very versatile role where Jay Johnson asks you to do a lot. And he did most of those things very well this year and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's easy to love uh, the best players and, and say, you know, good luck when they leave. It's not as easy to do it with the guys who've had a, an up and down career, but Connor Hayward stuck it out and made a huge difference this season. And I think MSU fans maybe don't owe him an apology, but certainly owe him an extra pat on the back. And uh, obviously we'll all be pulling for him to, to reach the next level.
1: I think uh, Mason and TJ are two people who might owe him an apology. <laughs> I know a lot of Michigan state fans might, but um, you guys know who you are. You know what you've been saying about him all, all of his career. Um, no, it's, it, it was an awesome game. It's been an awesome season for him. His new role is, is tailor-made for him and and he's been great. Uh, elsewhere on the offense, just to kind of, like you said, the offensive line played great uh, Kenneth Walker. I mean, what else needs to be said? He was battling the flu. He, you know, Peyton Thorne mentioned like he was hurting even as, as of the day before the game, he didn't really practice all week. All he does is go out there and rush for 138 yards and a touchdown, uh, making plays, making people miss doing everything we saw from him all year. You would never know that he was sick or injured or, or anything. And he was battling an ankle injury from the last couple of weeks. He's battling the flu. And and just goes out and like I said, runs for 130 plus and a touchdown against one of the best defenses in the Big Ten uh, is outstanding. Jaden Reed with a couple like NFL man plays. Obviously, the fourth and 15 is the one we're going to remember. Malik Carr shows a couple more flashes. Montori Foster flashes some ability. He's a true sophomore this year. So, you know, exciting for him to to really kind of get some real playing time and experience these last couple weeks with Naylor out. Uh, and Eli Collins getting in the game, you know, with a, a couple touches there was good to see as well. So a- anybody else really, obviously Trey Mosley with the touchdown, that was his only catch um, of that kind of group of, of the uh, others category we'll say here. Um, anybody else really stand out to you that you want to mention?
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of contributors here, but I think Jaden Reed um, of all of them is, is the guy that really helped us win this game the most and like you said NFL plays he clearly is the guy that Peyton Thorne goes to when things are shaky and and he he paid him off for going to him that fourth and 15 touchdown like you said um, it's just that typical we got nowhere else to go our best receiver is in one-on-one just give him a chance and we can talk about Michigan Ohio State probably later this week if we talk about it at all but just real quick one of the things that stuck out to me in that game is that Ohio State for the majority of the game was playing very conservatively and I had the thought of you've got three of the best wide receivers in the country one of them's going to be one-on-one every play send him down the field and just give him a chance right and they, they didn't do that hardly at all in that game where you know it's not necessarily he's not necessarily open he hasn't necessarily beat anyone but you've got athletic guys who can jump they're fast great great hands great ball skills just give him a chance down the field that's what we did with Jaden reed a couple times this game we said you know what it's pretty good coverage but we trust him he's our guy he's the best one-on-one threat we have and uh you know, Mel Tucker said in his press conference after the Ohio state game, we need more guys. I think he tweeted about this. We need more guys who can win one-on-one basically saying we need more guys like Jaden Reed, right? We need more guys where we can just trust that in the last half second of a play, he's going to do more than the guy covering him. Um, That play. I mean, looking back on the game, it wasn't right at the end, but it did, it was our final score and it was a three point game. It, It won us the game and it was fourth and 15. We were, I was expecting to give the ball back to Penn State. I think we were still up at that time by three points, but um yeah, he is the relief valve. We'll see if he's gonna be around for for next year, but uh, but what a treat to have him and Peyton Thorne on the team this year. He was certainly kind of the the shining star outside of Thorne and, and Walker in this one for me.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get to special teams later, but Fourth and 15 on the Penn state 20. That's about a 37 yard field goal. And you're like, nah, screw it. We're throwing a fade in the end zone to Jaden Reed. That was, you know, we were joking about this, but that's some Madden stuff, man. That's it, Nobody kicks field goals in Madden. You're going forward on every fourth down. And, and that was, that was the field And Obviously, again, we'll talk about special teams. There wasn't really much of an alternative, but uh, there wasn't even another look on that play. If if you go back and rewatch it, it was Peyton Thorne saying, all right, I know that I'm throwing this ball to Jaden Reed or I'm throwing the ball out of bounds. And that just, it, it goes to show how much faith the, the staff and obviously the quarterback have in him making plays. Uh, defensively, you know, I wrote this down that this was, an early 2021 defensive performance. Was it leaky at times for sure, but every time we needed a play, they came up with a play. And that was kind of the story early in the year. Sure. We're giving up a bunch of yards. Sure. We're giving up a bunch of scores even, Um, and and we're giving up points, but we trust our offense is going to score. And at the end of the day, they're making enough plays that we can live with some of the negative stuff. And it seemed like every time we needed a sack, every time it was third and one, fourth and one, people were out there making plays. We got a turnover. We got everything we needed to from the defense. And yeah, was the pass defense frustrating at times again? Of course it was, because it has been all year. But uh, the way that some of these guys stepped up and, and made plays when they needed to, whether it was Drew Beasley, Jacob Panish, uh, really the defensive line as a whole, Jacob Slade was awesome. Um, Jalen Hunt made a few plays. Uh, Brandon Wright out there making a couple plays. Um, it, really the front seven as a whole, like every time they really needed uh, a play, they needed a sack, they needed a pressure. It seemed like they came up with it more often than not. And yeah, we can talk about the the pass coverage, which again was was pretty bad, but I do want to give some credit here to these guys just just making plays when they needed to.
0: yeah, it was really i i don't know team win gets thrown around a lot, but on the defensive side, it did really feel like a team win. there was no one guy that seemed to be playing with his hair on fire. It seemed like everybody was you know a lot of shared tackles, shared sacks um and Credit to, you You mentioned the front seven, I'd call it the front six. This game, more than a lot, we were playing a true six-man box. We were putting our, you know, Darius Snow, our Nickelback out wide. um, Whereas a lot of games would be playing a six and a half, seven-man box. It was, we didn't leave as much uh, help in there. Um, Maybe some of that has to do with the fact that Penn State really can't, hasn't been able to run the ball most of this season. Um, But we were playing a little thin in there and still making a lot of plays. Like you said, Cal Halliday led the team in tackles, uh, with 11 couple tackles for loss, but, but everybody contributed. You mentioned, you know, in the passing game, I mean, a little frustrating at times. Sure. But five pass breakups, uh, a couple of those were batted down at the line, but we, we made it hard on them the whole night to throw the ball. And that's really all they could uh, try to do. Uh, it's all they really did try to do. And, um, yeah, I mean Sean Clifford, he had success at times, but they—it was a frustrating day for them, I'm sure, and uh, and it's credit to the entire the entire team. I really don't have specific guys that I can say had a better game through and through than anybody than anyone else on the team. Uh, flashes here and there. Brandon Wright, you mentioned came in at a critical time, had a pressure and a sack. A chase down sack which was pretty funny you could tell Sean Clifford was not expecting a defensive end (laughs) to uh to chase him down that quickly uh certainly caught him off guard but yeah I mean Noah Harvey had a couple great plays shout out to him he's you know speaking of piling on players, Kevin and I have been yeah. very hard as hard on him as anyone on this team over the last 12 months. And he has found a way over the last couple of weeks with, with injuries, holding back some of our other guys, he's found a way to make plays and look like a competitive linebacker again. And uh, yeah, just through and through Jeff Petrovsky, again, not the kind of guy you'd expect to come into big, big 10 games and, and make a splash, but he had a couple great plays, uh, just a really gutsy performance.
1: Yeah. The, you, you brought it up, but a lot, especially in the second half, a lot of the times we were playing with a true six man box and for, for Penn state to finish with 61 yards on 26 carries. And I know it, it accounts for sacks in that total, which is just so dumb, but uh, it, it's, it's really a credit to what this defensive line was doing. Most of the game, I, drew Beasley on senior night. He, he had himself a ball game. Uh, th- there were plays, there were plays being made Jacob Slade. There was a couple times I wrote down. Um, it was on fourth down and he had a, a QB pressure that he just, he went by the center in about a half a second, just blew past him, forced the pressure. Uh, and Clifford just had to basically throw it away. Um, you had the, the one where it was, I think it was fourth down or it was third and one, where Noah Harvey came in and cleaned up a tackle. Jalen Hunt blew past his offensive lineman and and forced the running back to redirect his, his, uh, his hole. And sometimes, you know, I think it pops off the screen uh, on the, the really obvious ones like Jalen Hunt there. But, you know, there were just a lot of plays where the defensive tackles, especially, it's it's forcing the running back to, to go somewhere that he wasn't planning on going. And then somebody else comes and cleans up the tackle, but it, it was them not allowing them to get where they wanted to go. And and that's a weird way of saying that the defensive tackles played awesome for most of that game. Um not a defensive play, but a defensive player, Maana Teote with the hit stick on uh, on kickoff and, and forcing the fumble there was awesome. Um, you know what was one play that I, I wrote this down? Um, Darius Snow, I think all in all, had a pretty good game. He got burned on their second touchdown, so I have to to give some blame there. But he had a pretty good game, and there was you know that fourth and twenty something, whatever it was, that they converted on their last scoring drive to to get themselves back in the game. Oh, I awful. I. Th- think he might've had the first down, but I thought that was really close. And I, I replayed this like five times when I was rewatching the game, like his knee goes down before the sticks. And, you know, obviously his knee was, you know, behind where the ball was at that time, but that was really, really close. And Darius snow was the one who made the tackle and he got up immediately and held up like the held up his arm. Like he forced a turnover I thought that was really close. I was surprised they didn't measure it, but um, either way, I mean, it was the fact that we're even talking about this. It was fourth and 20 something. You can't be giving up even to make it close, let alone to actually give up the first down there. But that was one play that I mentioned uh, there that I noted Ronald Williams had a nice pass breakup in the end zone at right at the end of the game. They, they replayed it a couple of times and they're like, yeah, he might've gotten his hand. He definitely got his hand in there. That was a nice play, you know, for, for all the, the flack that we've given the corners all year, got to give them some credit when they make good plays. That was a good play by Ronald Williams. And, you know, I, I think we, you talk about it with Noah Harvey and with Connor Hayward, I think these defensive backs, man, like, you know, if, if this ends up being a good pass coverage unit next year, it's going to be a lot of going back to this year, because I mean, there was the story that the sideline reporter had early in the game where Jacob Panishuk, I mean, Xavier Henderson had to be held back because Panashuk's at the, at the DBs end of the sideline yelling at him because, you know, it's, I think the quote was basically like, it's the same thing every game. Like you guys have to, to help us. And I think at this point, the defensive backs, they're getting it from the fans. They're getting it from the coaches. I saw Mel Tucker down on the sideline, yelling at Ronald Williams and Chester Kimbrough on the, on the bench. They're getting it from their own team now. And yeah, sure. You can say, well, they've been bad. They deserve it. Sure. But at the same time, like you got to remember, these are 19, 20, 21 year old kids, who are emotional, who, who have to deal with this stuff every day. They know that they're not playing well. You, you guys on Twitter, I, and I, am I'm guilty of this myself too. Like we're not, we're not shocking them with anything that they don't know. And trust me when I say that knowing football players and knowing players who have played at high levels, You don't want it more than they do. I promise you as much as you want them to be better, as much as you're sitting on your couch, like screaming at the TV because you're so angry and you're so frustrated. Trust me. They are more angry. They are more frustrated about it. So if this past defense ends up, you know, coming together next year, which I'm sure they will, it's not going to be as bad as it was this year. I promise you Um, make sure we give them the credit when it's due, because, they have dealt with a ton this year. And again, like you can say that they've put it on themselves by their own play and sure. I would agree with you to a certain extent, but just remember that, you know, kind of take this time stamp. remember this next year when they're playing better and remember to give them credit for, for rebounding after a brutal year, a brutal, brutal year for the defensive backs. But Again, they've heard it from the fans all year. They've heard it from the coaches all year. Now they're even hearing it from their own team in the middle of the game. That's a tough spot to be in. And and I just, I, I had to get that out there because there were plays being made and it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Nick Saban
0: actually went on a similar rant uh, before this past game. I don't know if you caught that one on, it was going, doing the rounds yep, on yep. social media, basically saying the exact same thing. Like, listen, The fans obviously are passionate. We want passionate fans, um, but you got to understand that these guys, like this is their life. This is our weekend hobby. We like to watch the games. We like to get caught up in the drama and, you know, all the pageantry of college football and pull for our favorite team. This is their lives. Like they want to be football players at the next level and their performance relies on it. They're doing everything from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep to be a better football player. And when they can't make a play, it wears on them far more than it wears on you. Um, and the fans at the end of the day, you know, you can say, well, you should just be positive and support your players. I understand you're going to get frustrated. I get very frustrated at times too, but you know, screaming at them at the games or on social media or wherever else, it's not going to make them a better football player um and and they are in a tough spot and they've gutted it out I mean there's there's no guys in the crosshairs on Michigan State's campus this year more than the, the starting cornerbacks for the football team but listen they're I'm sure the best ones we got if they're the ones that are going out on the field and we obviously have some have some bolts to tighten going into uh to next season but these guys are trying hard and um yeah hopefully we will see obviously an improvement next year they, they're going to have plenty of motivation to hit the weight room and hit the film oh, yeah. room and hit the practice field all off season. So they'll be working hard to, uh, obviously avoid this situation next year, but credit to them. They, they showed up and made plays in a lot of these games when we needed a play to be made, even if, you know, they may have been the, the leaky valve, um, at other times.
1: Yeah, no, we just had to get that out of the way because they, they again, they want it more than we do. Trust me. Um, but past that, I, again, I think defensively, it was just, it was another one of those performances when we needed a play. We seemed to get one and was it frustrating at times the method of which we got there? Um, sure, but we scored more points and we won the game and, uh, by hook or by crook that that's how you play and, and 10 wins. That's nothing to sneeze at man. Like, you know, again, you talk about oh, this past defense was so, so bad, it was, but it was still a part of what ended up being a ten-win team. Like if if it was, I, I this was frustrating. I posted on Twitter like Rico Beard, who's who's a really good, I MSU guy. He's an MSU journalist. He's on ninety-seven. Won the ticket, and he's been on this where he's like, they are the worst pass defense in the country, New Mexico State you're worse than them. Vanderbilt, you're worse than them. And just started rattling off teams because we allow more passing yards per game. And it's like, all right, you look into the other stats, the part yards per completion, the number of passes that people are throwing against us, everything that into the metrics a little bit more, are we even close to being good? No, but we're, we're not the worst pass defense in FBS guys. Like, please stop that. It's, it's just outrageous. I, it's it's really getting me angry by this point. Like it there's enough hyperbole getting thrown around. If we had New Mexico State's past defense, I promise you we wouldn't be 10 and 2. Um that's that's all I'll say. Other than that, um special teams was kind of a disaster, <laughs> is is about the nicest way I could put it. We couldn't even punt today. And yeah, the weather played into that, but Penn State's punter was out there dealing. I mean, he was putting us inside the five inside the 10. So for the Michigan state fans that were frustrated about, uh, Bryce Berenger getting snubbed for this Penn state punter on the, the Ray guy award, go back and watch this game. That's why Bryce Berenger is a, is a great punter, but this Penn state punter is special, man. And, And we saw that on display for sure. Uh, but yeah, man, three punts for 99 total yards, a 33 yard average, he shanked a couple, uh, and obviously the field goal kicking, man, we got to figure this thing out. Uh, Coughlin obviously hurt; it, it did the best he could. Uh, I've been in that spot as a kicker where you're hurt; you're just trying to get out there, and, and it's it's a it's like a golf swing where you can do some warm up swings, and you're like, you know what, this feels all right. But when you give it that full go, it's it's a pretty violent motion on your leg, and I know it sounds dumb as a kicker to say anything remotely considering violent but it's the same as a golf swing on your back, man. Like you, you can get some little loose warm up swings and be like, yep, ah, the back's feeling good today. But then you get that full driver out and and you try to rip it and you realize that you are not okay. Um, and it's the same thing for a kicker. You know, your leg feels okay when you're warming up. Uh, but when it's really go time and, and you go out there and put a full swing into it, it's, it's not pretty. So I, I give credit for Coughlin for at least trying to tough it out and, and get in there. Couldn't do it. But I I know we have an incoming kicker who's supposed to be good as an incoming freshman. It's hard to to really trust that we're going to have to figure out this kicking spot without Coughlin here, because that was terrible. And it has been ever since he's been hurt.
0: Yeah. I mean, credit to him. He's out there. I think he's still five, Five-ish points shy of the all-time scoring record at MSU. Somebody um, tweeted
1: it. I, I don't remember
0: off the top of my head. But I hope in the bowl game he can come out and break that. It would be fun. He's put a lot into this program. It would be great for him to, to etch his name in the record books. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was not a great game to be kicking a football. Anyone who's kicked a football in weather like that knows it kind of feels like a rock. But when the guys on the other side of the field are kicking it through the end zone on kickoffs, are, you know, putting punts exactly where they want them. It's tough to say, you know, it was just the conditions. Um, but in any case, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that that plays into a bigger kind of note in this game that there was a lot of adversity that this team battled through in this game. I mean, it kind of, because we were winning the whole game, it kind of felt like, uh, you know, we just got up top and, you know, things went well for us. And we stayed there and we ended up winning the game. There were a lot of Body blows to Michigan State in this game. I mean, the, you had the pick six, you had special teams issues, you had defensive breakdowns. There was a lot of moments in this game where it felt like the thread was starting to unravel, you know, and and maybe it was going to blow open. And every time this team, and it was always from different guys, did what they had to do uh, to stay on top, hold this lead, and and come out on top. It was a close game throughout. I mean, I, I felt pretty good. It always feels better when you're up the whole game and making plays to stay up instead of playing from behind. So it wasn't as stressful a game, you know, for me as I was watching it, but looking back on this game, there were plenty of moments where if, if this team, you know, mentally got down on themselves, let a mistake or, you know, blown coverage or, you know, a dropped pass or whatever it is, let that get in their heads. They could have, they could have let this game go. And, uh, and they held on, you know, in the press conference, they were saying it was, they really wanted this one for the seniors. They really just wanted to get to 10 wins and they did what they had to do to get there. Um, yeah, there were a couple moments in this game where I I thought to myself, wow, this team's going to have to respond here or, you know, this one could slip away.
1: Yeah. I mean, Peyton Thorne, going back to him, he was 10 for 14, 171 yards on third down. And on top of that was two for two, 39 yards and a touchdown on fourth down. So it it was it was big moments it was big plays it was playmakers making plays it was just again like i don't know how many ways i can say it it was just a fun football game to watch with the snow with the you know you you can't even see where they are on the field you you it was fun it was a fun viewing experience and and i'm looking for a better adjective for it but i can't find one cuz it that was just my reaction the whole time, again, I'm just looking around in my room and and saying verbally all the time, like, this is awesome. This is so great. I, I love this. That was every five minutes. There was something else that happened that that was just so exciting and and refreshing and reminded you why the sport was so great. And Michigan State comes out on top 30 to 27, a 10 win regular season. And heading to question mark bowl game that we'll get into um, Wednesday. The so the plan for everybody is Wednesday. We're gonna kind of do like a we'll do a mailbag for sure. So stay tuned on uh, on Twitter. But recently we have have been getting the mailbag filled a little bit more than than we have before. So there are three ways to get in the mailbag, and one of them is going to guarantee you a spot. If you haven't done this already. Go into Apple, leave a review, preferably five stars, uh, and write a question in the mailbag there. If you do that, I guarantee you we will read and answer whatever the question is. On top of that, we will be posting on our Facebook group, which is the Standing Room Spartans community. If you post in there, I guarantee you your your question will be read and answered. We're trying to get more interaction on the Facebook group. Um, We have uh, not as many people as we would like in there. And we will put it out on Twitter. Um, at at which I, I presume we will probably read it and answer it, but I cannot guarantee it because we've been getting some more, uh, involvement there. So the Twitter is at standing room MSU. So we'll put it out, uh, either later today, Monday, or tomorrow on Tuesday, uh, depending on when we record it but make sure that you leave a review if you want your question answered or follow the Facebook group, Standing Room Spartans Community, if you want the question answered. Uh, And we'll have some fun with that episode. We'll we'll talk about kind of a whole season recap. Friday, we have our picks. We're doing the whole Big Ten, or not just the Big Ten championship, the whole conference championship slate. Every conference, uh, obviously not FCS because they are in their playoff right now. And uh, other than that, we are even trying to figure out ourselves what we're going to do uh, this whole bowl prep way. Obviously there's a ton of recruiting stuff that we'll have to get to that we've been kind of neglecting Um, uh, the, the open period for contact in recruiting has opened up as of yesterday on Sunday. So there's going to be a lot of news pouring in. We'll get to all of that. Maybe we'll just do like a whole recruiting update episode. We'll, we'll figure out what to do there. Um, But yeah, Stay tuned with us. It's going to be a lot of fun here, even through the off season, once the bowl game is over, but especially from now until the bowl game, uh, make sure you're subscribed. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun before we get out of here, Scott, anything else, whether it's about this game, whether it's about this season, whether it's about the next three to four weeks leading up to the bowl game.
0: Yes. We still have our final two segments, Kevin, Duh. our game I ball. Totally and our forgot about that. play of the game. So I'm going to put you on the spot since you forgot. I'll let you yeah. start on whichever
1: one you want to, <laughs> but uh, off the cuff. Uh, I'll go with the gimme since, uh, since I hadn't thought about this for a second until right now, uh, I'll go with the play of the game, fourth and 15 Peyton Thorne to Jaden Reed. It was the, like I said, it was the Madden play where you're like kicking field goals. Who's kicking field goals? Um, obviously we, we probably weren't going to make any field goal that was attempted. So fourth and 15 on the Penn state 20, we dial up a fade route to Jaden Reed, where we say, all right, we're going to make sure you get one-on-one coverage on this play. And we are going to throw the ball up in the air and we're going to hope that you come down and catch it and come down and catch it. He did for a huge touchdown to, to push the lead out for us. And uh, you mentioned before, like it, it was one of those plays where when Mel Tucker talks about getting more dudes who can win, he's talking about getting more Jaden Reeds because that was a grown man play. That was an NFL play. Um, I really hope we, we can see him around East Lansing for a little bit longer because he's, he's a pretty special player.
0: That was the gimme. Uh, if you didn't take it, I was. But I'm going to give a team play of the game it's actually going to be a drive of the game uh totally breaking the rules but we make the rules so we get to break them too uh so technically the play would be the peyton thorn qb sneak touchdown so i was wrong earlier when i said we were up the whole game there was a nine minute period after the pick six so penn state went up 20 to 17 on that pick six and again back to the adversity it felt like oh crap that was the mistake penn state was waiting for to grab this game and maybe not let it go. It was the first drive in the second half for our offense. We had forced a punt and then we threw a pick six. We lose our lead. What are we going to do? How are we going to respond? So we get the ball on our 25 yard line after a touchback and Kenneth Walker promptly gets us past the 50 yard line of the 27 yard run. But after that, things got shaky quick. Uh, we were trying to drive. We had like, Two or three shoot yourself in the put foot penalties. There was the awful uh, chop block call, terrible call. There was another holding on a touchdown run. Um, constantly putting ourselves back behind the sticks again, and this team continued to to fight through those. You know, would be first, second, long. We'd take a couple plays, get back to uh, to first down. We didn't have any fourth down conversions in this drive. I lied. We had one fourth down conversion in this drive, multiple third down conversions and capped it off 15 plays, 75 yards, nine minutes off the clock uh, to take the lead back and take the lead for good. So my play of the game is the drive of the game to take the lead back and uh, eventually lead to obviously us winning the game.
1: I like it. I I liked that QB sneak too. It was, it was like the offensive linemen were kind of pushing him in. It was, it was a team play. It was a team drive. I, I love it. All
0: right. So game ball, this one, I'm having a lot of trouble with Kevin. I'll let you kick it off. I think there were so many players that played great. There was no one player that had an incredible game, but where do you want to take this one?
1: Yeah, there are a lot of honorable mentions that I think are worthy and I'll, I'll rattle some off if you don't hit on them, but I'm going to give it to a guy who absolutely deserves it had probably the best game of his career that I can remember watching and did it on senior day, senior night, whatever Uh, you could tell he was fired up. Every time he made a play, he was getting up, he was chopping, he was celebrating drew Beasley finished the game statistically with seven tackles, a tackle for loss and a sack and a half, but his impact was huge. It was, it was big moments that he was making these plays. It was sacks on third downs. It was, it was tackles at right at the line of scrimmage, if not behind it, he had an incredible game. And and I think, um, his first game ball, uh, from the standing room Spartans podcast. I don't think he really cares about it, but, uh, I thought, you know, for, for a guy on senior day to go out and have his best game of the year, I think, uh, Drew Beasley deserves a game ball.
0: I like it. I like it. He did have a phenomenal, phenomenal game. He also had a pass breakup. He knocked one down at the line. So getting involved in every way he can, um, Without the pick six, I probably would have gone Peyton Thorne. I think he had a pretty flawless game outside of that one obvious mistake. Three touchdowns when you include the QB sneak. um, And kind of exercised his Penn State demons from last year when he started the game. I mentioned really strong and, and kind of let it fall apart in the second half. But I'm going to give this one to the MVP of the year, Kenneth Walker. I just, I know it wasn't his best game of his year, but 30 carries for 138 yards and a touchdown. There are probably double digit years in my lifetime for Michigan state football. When that stat line would have been exceptional, would have been thank god we got the running game going and not every year we've had years where we run the ball well you know Javon Ringer's senior year he did stuff like this Uh, Le'Veon Bell he did stuff like this but Kenneth Walker you mentioned flu game his ankles probably still not 100 percent he's playing in the snow when he can't really cut there were a few uh runs where he had the corner but just couldn't turn it because it was snowy you know and his feet would just slide out from under him um this was I wouldn't call it a bad game, but this was like an average game for him. And still just looked phenomenal. Um, I I just, I can't say enough, maybe his last uh, game in Spartan stadium. I think if you asked you or me, we'd say likely it should be his last game in Spartan stadium. So I just don't want to lose sight of the the guy we've had this season and the season that he has had. I, I want to give him one last shout out, you know, to cap this regular season in a game when the conditions were certainly not there to have a good game on the ground, he still, still put up, um, yeah, 140 yards and a touchdown. So Kenneth Walker, obviously the MVP of the season, uh, my MVP of this game as well.
1: Yeah. Walker was right there. I think, uh, he, he definitely deserves it. Uh, other than that, I mean, Jaden Reed, Connor Hayward, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I'd throw Cal holiday, and uh, Jacob Slade as, as guys that I, I would have in the back of my head as potential players of the game who who should get a game ball. But um, like you said, man, it was a team performance. So you, you look at six, seven, eight of these guys and and think, yeah, like I I could make an argument that he was the most important guy to this win. So um, man, fun, fun, fun football game.
0: And fun season. I know we got the bowl game, but uh, we'll do a wrap this week. Uh, mini wrap on the season just to kind of talk about how we got here like I said what a fun season like you said low pressure low expectations great results leads to just a whole lot of fun on Saturdays this year and I mean by mid-season we kind of knew we had something special brewing but just try to put yourself back in the preseason shoes of you know are we going to make a bowl game we were talking about a bowl game being you know, the the mark of a good season this year. And now we're talking about whether or not we're going to make a, a New Year Six Bowl. So um, awesome year. Thanks for following along throughout the regular season. Stick around for bowl season. Kevin, anything else?
1: No, like I said, uh, make sure you're on Apple Podcast Reviews to get the question in. We really appreciate that. And uh, even if you do that, follow the Facebook page Standing Room Spartans community we want we wanted to get something you know Twitter things kind of get lost in the shuffle uh between you know thousands and thousands of tweets about Michigan State every day so we wanted kind of our own group to be able to to kind of bounce stuff off of each other and and bounce stuff off of you guys and get mailbag questions and, and answer in real time, rather than, you know, having to wait for a podcast episode, we can, you know, comment back and forth on there. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun for us and something we want it to, um, you know, really grow a bit. So standing room Spartans community on Facebook, head over there. Uh, we'll, we'll drop like a mailbag thread. So leave your comment there. Um, and then we'll post it on Twitter as well. But those are the two ways to guarantee your spot uh, for Wednesday. And then throughout bowl season, like I said, if if you guys, again, like going back to the Facebook page, um, if you guys have any ideas, things that you want us to talk about, things that you want us to get into, we have like three weeks here, probably maybe even four uh, between Michigan state football games where. Uh, A whole regular season is now behind us and we have some ideas, but obviously if, if there's something you guys want to hear, uh, well, we, we have plenty of time for it. So head over there and, and make your suggestions as well. We really appreciate that. So with all of that out of the way until Wednesday, where we do have a mailbag and, and a few other stuff up our sleeves, uh, we hope you guys have a great start to the week and, uh, we will see you on Wednesday. So go green. Go white. Take care, folks.